are such a wonderful and awesome God and we are thankful for your kindness to us. Father, as we as we open your word, as we hear the words of Christ, may they change us. May they cause us to live more for your glory and for Christ's sake. May we may we May we be humble this morning. May I be humble as I would preach and dependent on your spirit. May, may all of your people be humble and dependent on the spirit for their listening. Cause us to be more for the kingdom from our time here this morning. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning, Grace Fellowship Church. This past Friday, I made a trek to northwest Iowa. It was a long trek. I was, uh, <laughs> it takes forever to get there. You never get there, but I got there. Uh, I went for <coughs> Cal's father's funeral. Uh, Rodney. Rodney lived to be 89 years old. He, uh, he was married to his wife, Hester, for 66 years. They had eight children. They had 28 grandchildren and 41 great-grandchildren when he passed. I was extremely blessed to have gone. I kind of, you know, it was a long trip, and Cal said, you don't need to come, and um, I, I guess God just led me to go. I, I, I think it's the right thing to do when I can to support you at the funerals of your families. And, and But I, it was a great blessing to me to be there. Uh, I was... Uh, Brother Jeff was going to go with me and came down sick, so I was I was by myself, and um, that was a, just a different experience. But I, I was sitting there and uh, during the the ceremony, the funeral, and the whole thing, and I was I had a couple of takeaways that I just wanted to share. Um, the the there were probably I don't know ninety five family members at the funeral, and they were all on the front right side, and then. The guests and friends were on the other side, and there were probably some 70 friends and guests. And again, he had lived in that community for a long, long time, and I was positively struck by and encouraged by there were more of his family there than others. And I was reminded of the fruitfulness of his life. Uh, I didn't know Rodney. I know his son. I know his son quite well. His son's a a blessed brother, a dear brother of mine who who, uh, who God's been very kind to place Cal in my life, but I didn't know Rodney yet. But I, I've heard about Rodney through Cal, and I've heard more about it as you, when you go to a funeral and you're around family members. And he was a man who, who um, lived his life out of a biblical worldview, patterned his life out of a biblical worldview, how he raised his children and the and. Um, you know, regular family devotions. Church was a main part of their lives, and I was, I was, I was thinking about uh, Cal's funeral someday, and what that would look like. Uh, this room won't hold. If he lives to eighty-nine, this room will not hold all of his offspring and their offspring. Uh, I think about. Then I think about all you young men. <laughs> all of you. All of you young men, the lives that you're building 
on the faithfulness of, of, of living a Christian worldview life. And then I was also thinking about the added benefit that we have here that, that it is a Christian life based on the gospel. The gospel is at its core. Uh, the, um, the, 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 not just a life on, built, built on biblical worldviews, not just a life built on Christian principles, but a life built on the gospel of Jesus Christ, a family built on the gospel of Jesus Christ, jobs and all of the things. So the, the fruitfulness of, of a life, a biblical life, and then you put with that the gospel at, of Jesus Christ at the center of that. And it, it, it encouraged me just so greatly to be there watching that and thinking about you all. Thinking about us here and how God is being so kind to us. Uh, the, um, the the message was encouraging. It was really it was a very encouraging message from from the pastor at this church, and he based it on much of it on Psalm ninety one. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes it at noonday. And so this message that, that he, he preached or he gave us that day, you know, the, the picture, and, and Rodney was a farmer, so he used agriculture as kind of his backdrop. But the thought of, thought of the wings of a, of a mother hen as she brings in her whatever ducklings or whatever they're called under her wings. So if it's raining, she's getting pelted. And yet, underneath her wings, nothing's hitting them. If it's hot and the sun's beating down, she's getting all that on her feathers, and, and none of that's hitting the, the chicks underneath. And that picture of how God protects us, especially through Christ as we, as we go to glory, talking about the funeral of this man, how, how when we go to glory as God's people... We are under the wing, so the wrath of God will come down, and Christ took all of that on himself, and none of that will hit us. And it was extremely encouraging. And then I just wanted to hear the gospel. And that was what I was struck by. I think we understand the protection we have. I think we understand how God cares for us and is sovereign over our lives. I, I think we get that. And then, and then we also understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ, because you could go to that funeral and you could be one of these 160 people there, 95 family members, and I know some of Cal's family, and you could walk out of there being encouraged that you're under the protection of God, and yet you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ that you will get all of the all of the storms and all of the judgment of God will fall upon you in eternity if you're not under the shelter of his wings in and through Jesus Christ that 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 picture of being those those chicks underneath the protection of of the wings is a wonderful picture but it's not true for those who aren't in Christ so I was, in, I was very blessed and thankful to be there. 
I was thankful for the, 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 the reminder that Rodney's life is and, and how I'm encouraged that to live that kind of a life and the fruitfulness that can come from that. And then to make sure that all of those people, all of those 95 people in his life and all of the whatever number it's going to be, I think about some of you all, you're going to have hundreds of hundreds of offspring and offspring's offspring. And that they would all hear the gospel from you. They would all, you would all be men and women who, who proclaimed the truth of this passage even in your life and the hope that you have for eternity and that they too can have that in and through Jesus Christ. So, that's what I took away from there. Okay, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. We're going to finish up this section this week of verses 1 through 12 that we started last week. Beware, behold, believe. Please stand and I will read verses 1 through 12. In the meantime, when so many thousands of the people had gathered together that they were trampling one another, he began to say to his disciples first, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. And what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge him before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied, denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. You may be seated. So remember, Jesus has just pronounced woes upon the Pharisees and the scribes. He had pronounced woes on them for their, their false religion uh, that was leading themselves and most of the Jews in Israel at that time, along with them to hell, because it was a it was a works based, self righteous, false religion, and he had just rebuked and reproved them, given them woes. Uh, then we come into the the first seven verses. We're going to look at uh, briefly again today before we get into verses eight through twelve. And because remember Jesus is in Judea. It's the last part of his earthly ministry. He's got a huge following because he's got miraculous powers that he can heal the sick, he can raise the dead, and he's got all of these miraculous powers that people wanted to see. He spoke in a very powerful manner that people would, would listen to and wanted to hear him talk. Uh, he, would, he was making a lot of claims that were outlandish to most. So lots of people were following. The mob was growing. In the meantime, when so many thousands, remember the word there, kind of like a zillion for us, this big, huge number of people, 
And it was Akhlas, the common folks. A lot of people were following him. A lot of common people were following him. They had gathered together. They were trampling one another. Like the, remember, like the, the $25 TVs at, the, at Black Friday when people run in and knock each other. There was a picture I had. There were so many people pressing in. They were literally trampling over one another to get near to him. And, and, and Jesus turns to his disciples the, and, and he tells them, everything will someday be revealed. He began to say his disciples first. So big crowd, but now he's going to talk to a smaller group that are his followers. This is who he's speaking to. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Remember, this, this whole section of Jesus' words was, was a warning on the leaven of the, of the Pharisees, which was hypocrisy. That's what he's warning them about. In other places, he warned them of the leaven of the Sadducees which was liberalism and naturalism and, and secularism, ecumenicalism. Uh, and, and then he warned them against the, the leaven of the Herod, which was political ambition and, and, again, human secularism. But here, here he's, he's focusing on the leaven of the Pharisees, which, which was hypocrisy, being actors on a stage. Remember, one who wears a mask. They, 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 their, their lives were different than their, their words. They were hypocrites. They were liars. And they, were, they were very hard on sinners, but they made uh, those that broke all the laws that they had, but they made lots of loopholes for their own sinfulness. And, and so he's, he's warning his disciples, watch out for being a hypocrite. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light. Whatever you have whispered in the private room shall be proclaimed on the housetops. This is a stark warning for everyone who was listening. It's a stark warning for us. Time and truth kind of go together. The more time passes, the more truth is revealed. Nothing is going to be hidden. Most of it not on this side. But when you stand before God, there is nothing that will be hidden. Don't think you can go into the inner room and whisper. It will be it will be known. So you might as well go out and proclaim it from the rooftops. Don't be like the hypocrites. Just know everything's going to be revealed. Because everything will be revealed, do not fear men. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after they have nothing more that they can do. He's telling the disciples, don't fear the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the Sanhedrin or the, or the Romans. They might kill you, but that's all they can do. He's telling the disciples, don't be afraid of them. They can kill you, but don't fear those who can kill the body. Don't compromise because of your fear of men. But do fear God, but I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he is killed, has authority to cast you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Jesus says emphatically to these disciples, he says emphatically to his followers now, don't fear men who can only kill you, but fear God. Fear God because after he has killed you, he has the authority to put you into hell forever. He has control over your eternal destiny. Fear God. Why? 
because of the omniscience of God. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God? Sparrows were just a a, a very non-valuable food source. Five for a penny, five for two pennies. God knows about all of them. Not one hops without him knowing. And he says, why even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than the sparrows. Again, to his disciples, Jesus says that God is sovereign over the sparrows and he's sovereign over you. He knows everything about you, disciples. Even the hairs on your head he has numbered. And, and we looked at this last week. That those hairs won't even be damaged at the judgment. Because you're more valuable, disciples, than the sparrows. So fear God, and then you will have no need to fear God. Disciples, fear God. Remember, if you want to, if you want to fight against hypocrisy, if you want to watch out for hypocrisy, fear God. Remember, fear God, because God is not like men. He has control over, authority over your eternal destiny. All these men over here, these, these Pharisees that I've just rebuked, all they have is they, they can kill your body. And this is our Lord speaking who actually goes to the cross because men put him to death. And he did not fear. So fear God that you have no more reason to fear God. And that brings us down to verse 8 for today's passage. Jesus says, in essence, speak now or forever. The, the saying there is, speak now or forever, hold your peace. Talk now or you're not going to get to talk. Well, here it's more, speak now or forever be separated from God. Speak now. And I tell you, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But, it's funny, right? We aren't going to take time here, but look what he says there. Talking about himself, acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man. He there calls himself God once again, the Messiah. With the disciples here and the Pharisees in earshot and other people in the earshot. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Everyone who acknowledges me before men. The word there is homologeo. We've heard this word before. It means to say the same thing as. It means to declare, to assert, to make an emphatic declaration, often public, and at times in response to pressure or an accusation. So he says, everyone who declares Jesus as Lord, as God, as the Messiah, and does so emphatically, will be emphatically declared righteous by Christ before the angels. Those who, homologeo, respond to pressure or an accusation with Confessing Christ as Lord, acknowledging Christ as Lord, as the Messiah for who he is, then Christ himself, the Son of Man, God the Son, will confess you before the angels of God. He will declare, assert, make an emphatic declaration as to your righteousness. 
but the one who denies men will be denied. Or naomai. Deny knowledge or relationship. To disregard. To pay no attention to. To say no to. Anyone who denies their relationship with Jesus, disregards Jesus and who he is, who says no to him, no to him and his salvation, will be disregarded at judgment. Jesus will disassociate with you at judgment if you disassociate with him before men. He will confess you. He will will declare you're righteous if you confess him. And he will disown you, disassociate with himself with you if you disassociate yourself with him before men. Confessing, homologeo, Jesus as Lord and as risen from the dead to continue to rule and reign for now and forever is what we must do to be saved. Romans 10. Nine, because if you confess, homologeo, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe, pistis, in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. When we, we, when, when, when believers believe in their heart and confess with their mouths that Jesus is the and their risen forever king, then they are saved. And if that confession comes from the new heart, you will continue to confess this until you die. It's, it's not something we confess because if we believe it in our hearts, it's not just a confession that's made with the mouth that we then don't make 10 years later. It's something that's in us with our new heart and that new heart from this new heart comes this confession and this confession we will keep on making. You know, I remember, I mean, I know many people get saved and they want to tell everyone about it. And they're rejected. And they're laughed at. And they're told, oh, you just had a nervous breakdown. Don't talk to me about that anymore. I'm not interested in that. And they stop. What Jesus is saying to the disciples, listen, if you confess me, I'll confess you. You deny me, I'll deny you. Second Timothy 2, beginning in verse 8. Paul tells Timothy, his protege, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. The offspring of David. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the forever king. As preached in my gospel. For which, this gospel, I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. Paul says you, you need to remember Jesus Christ, the risen king. 
as you go out to give this gospel, because this gospel I'm suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we also live with him. If we endure, hupomone, it means to persevere under misfortunes and trials, to hold fast to faith, to endure, to bear, to bravely endure, we will also reign with him. Look what he juxtaposes to endurance. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Look, Jesus is telling his disciples the con- the consequences of ongoing confessing him or the or of ongoingly denying him before men. As trials and pressures come, you see what's happening here with these Pharisees. You've watched me just give them woes. You see how they're going to dislike me. I'm telling you this now. Watch what's going to happen to me. This is what's going to happen to you. And this is a great warning. It's a great warning. It's a great warning to anyone who's his disciple, anyone who claims the name of Christ. Don't deny him. Confess him. First John two twenty three. No one who denies the Father ha- or denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. <laughs> this is John. John, who's right here listening to Jesus telling these words to him, right here in front of this audience. The one who is right with God confesses Christ. There is not one who is right with God that denies the Son. They're a package deal. It's why it's why I listen to podcasts or I these 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 kind of like like Jason Whitlock or Steve Dace. You know they're they're professing Christians that that I, they almost get it right, but but they talk a lot about God and they forget to use the name of Jesus very often. Even the article that was written by the Blaze for Brother Corey, I've encouraged Todd Erzin. Love the article. Praise God for the the exposing of evil. But I would encourage you to name the name of Christ. Because you don't have God. There's there, The God that many people want to acknowledge doesn't include Christ. It's a different God. It's the Catholic God in some senses. It's certainly the Jehovah's Witnesses God. It's certainly a secular humanist God. It's, it's my adult children who would ever tell me to pray for them. Why would I pray? Who am I praying to? God. But they deny Jesus. Revelation 3, 5. The one who conquers, that means prevails over trials, fears of death, will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. This is the payoff for continually and continuing to confess Jesus before men. Those, especially those men who can harm you. Jesus will confess us before God and his angels at judgment. This is the payoff. 
This is why Paul wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul was all about the gospel of Jesus Christ as it was the way of salvation. Remember, all of Paul's fellow Jewish brethren that he, he longed so much to be saved, they all believed in God. But they didn't name the name of Jesus. Paul says in Galatians 1, for, I am, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Look, Paul was never afraid to proclaim the gospel to anyone. He says it up there before. He's in prison. He's in chains because of it. He wasn't trying to please men. If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Look, we are not ashamed of the gospel. We will name the name of Christ even if people hate us for it. Telling telling your relatively moral friend who's Christless the truth about they don't know God if they don't know Christ and they, they will stand in judgment. To tell them that, they don't necessarily like that. To tell your Catholic mom, dad, cousin. To tell Todd Erzin. If your hope is in your Catholicism, you don't know Christ. Name the name of Jesus. They don't, they don't like that necessarily. You tell, and, they, and, and look, we're not being taken in front of rulers. We'll get to that. But, but these are men and women. These are people in our lives that can harm us. They can, they can take away relationship from us. They can, take away, they can take away things from us. They can, depending on who we're talking about, they can disparage your name. They can stop doing business with you. They can fire you. But they can't put you into hell. So confess Christ. 1 Thessalonians 2 Verse 3, for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity of, or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. We won't deny Christ before men in order that they, not de- they, be, displ- in order that they may not de- be displeased. We do not deny Christ before men because of what they can do to us. Rather, we speak the gospel that we've been entrusted with by God in order to please Him. (laughs) Now, who in here can say they've never denied Christ in any situation? I don't think anyone. However, this is a strong warning. So it's not as if we have to, again, navel gaze, well, boy, I denied him once, I must not be a Christian. No, it is you will not, you will continue to grow in the grace of God and you will continue to be more and more bold, naming the name of Christ because that's 
what you've been entrusted with. We are not, he's warning them, you're, you're not here to please men. You're here to please God. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledged me before men, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. And everyone who speak, uh, and, and but the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. This is speaking of judgment. The angels will be present when Jesus confesses or denies each of us on that terrible day. The angels will be watching when Jesus either confesses us or denies us. Matthew 25, 31, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be, and all the angels are with Him. Before Him will be gathered all the nations. He will separate people one from another as shepherds separates the sheep from goats. And he will place the sheep on His right but the goats on His left. And then down to 46, And these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life. He's saying, this is talking about judgment. At judgment, the angels will be present to hear Jesus either confessing you or denying you. Either emphatically standing and calling you righteous or disassociating with himself and saying, to hell with you. 2 Thessalonians 1, 7, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all whom have believed, because our testimony to you, to you was believed. Listen, in order to resist hypocrisy, fear God. And who can put you into hell and confess Jesus. And do not deny him before men. We don't, we don't, we don't have a world now. I think we might be headed towards a world. We don't have a world now like the world in the past in some ways. Thomas Cranmer was the Archbishop of Canterbury, and he was a faithful Archbishop under Henry VIII and Edward VI in England. And then Bloody Mary took over the throne, and she was going to put an end to Protestantism. And uh, he was going to be tried for treason and heresy. He watched other people being burned at the stake. He saw a couple of his contemporaries burned at the stake. So he became afraid and he recanted of his Protestant views. Okay, he, he signed a piece of paper affirming the Roman Catholic view of transubstantiation. So he signed that document because he was afraid for his life because he watched other Protestant men, leaders, burned at the stake. 
They were going to try him anyway, even though he signed that document. So on the night, on the night uh, before his execution, it was everybody expected he was going to come in and, and acknowledge his shift away from Protestantism towards Rome. That was the expectation. But when he came in, he renounced his recantation of Protestantism. He reaffirmed the doctrines of Protestant beliefs. He, he denied, he, he called the Pope the Antichrist. And he rejected transubstantiation. And so with a clear conscience, I'm sure he went to the stake to be burned. And as the flames are coming up around him, he reaches his right hand out so it could burn. He says, he said, uh, this is the, what did he call it? The unworthy right hand. As he put his left hand to heaven, he had his right hand burned because his right hand was the one that had signed that. So, so in the end, he did not deny Christ. He was tempted to. He did in one sense. He signed a document. I don't know where Thomas Cranmer is, but I know that it's a wonderful story of the, of the we don't have these things, but it might be coming. But can you can you even can you even apply that to your life? How you wanna you wanna steer away from some of the people that could harm you by taking away relationship or job or or whatever they could take away? You just don't want to speak the name of Christ. You 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 soft pedal it. You change it. You. Remember, he's talking to the disciples. Peter denies him three times. Now, the Spirit of God wasn't in Peter, but Peter denies him. That doesn't mean no glory. But what happened to Peter later on? He died upside down, church history would tell us. Crucified upside down. John, Paul, they all, they all understood this. We may fail at some point to confess Jesus when we're a little bit afraid, but it will not be an always thing. It won't be an always thing for us. Because if we deny him every time we become afraid, then he will deny us. God's people, by his grace, will not deny Jesus as a normal pattern of their life. They'll be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in them. They will lift high the name of Jesus. And again, it's a little uncomfortable for me, uh, to be honest, to be transparent. You know, we got this article written in the blaze, and that's kind of a big thing. And, and yet, I, 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 just, I just want to encourage this man who wrote the article that the article is gospelous. It's works-based. Well done, good and faithful servant for doing some good stuff. So hopefully with graciousness and patience, I will have the opportunity to help him consider that, consider his, his standing before God and what he believes about faith and works. So, so the way to avoid hypocrisy, 
is to fear God and confess Jesus. And now now we're going to see him bring in the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, in combating heresy. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. This is what's known as the unpardonable sin. This verse causes many people confusion and consideration. Like, have I done that? What does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Because if I've done that, then I can't be forgiven. Well, the fact that you're even concerned about that is, is, is probably because the Spirit of God lives in you and it concerns you that you might do that. But this, this is not a sin we can commit today. Let's look at Matthew twelve twenty two, so I can explain that a little bit. We've looked at this before, but it's been a long time. Matthew 12. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? So he's doing, he's doing miracles. He's, he's healed the blind and mute man. And the, and the Aklos, the crowds were amazed. And they're thinking, this might be the son of David. This might be the Messiah. This might be the forever king. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if the spirit, it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can you enter? How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. The unforgivable sin was attributing the work of Jesus Christ, of the Holy Spirit and the life of Jesus Christ, attributing that to the devil. And because Jesus Christ is not here in the flesh to do miracles, that people can say, well, that's the devil doing the work, it's not a sin that we can, we can commit. The only unpardonable sin that there is now is the sin of continual unbelief. That's the only unpardonable sin. So, look, you don't have to worry about blasting the Holy Spirit as Jesus in flesh is doing miracles empowered by the Spirit that people then were saying, that's the devil's work. Now, Jesus gives more teaching on the Holy Spirit. The words to speak will be provided. Remember now, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Remember (laughs) Peter and John. They're in this group he's talking to. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, kind of like Thomas Cranmer was brought, Many, many Christians in the past. Um, 
But there are many Christians who have never and will never be brought in front of religious authorities or governmental authorities to, uh, to be put on trial concerning Jesus Christ. Now again, it might come. We may have the blessing of that persecution. But that's not but that, that, that hasn't been the case for many. Thomas Cranmer or Peter or Paul, the apostles. So we might someday get this experience, but this still is applicable to us. It's applicable to us we will because we are often brought in front of people that can harm us that we're afraid to tell the truth. So in order to fight hypocrisy, you need to fear God, you need to confess Christ, and then you need to trust in the Spirit. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself. Or what you should say. Do not be merimnao, to be worried about, to be anxious about, to have an anxious concern based on apprehension about possible danger or misfortune. When you're brought in front of people and you think it's dangerous or might be misfortune ahead, if you speak of Christ, don't worry about it. Don't worry about how you will defend yourself or what you will say. When you disciples, you God's children, you Christ followers are are brought before people who can harm you in any way, don't be anxious about the danger or the misfortune that might be coming upon you. Don't worry about how you're going to defend yourself or what you should say. Psalm 37, 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. (laughs) Don't fret about the man who carries out evil devices. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. How do you avoid being a hypocrite when you're in front of people who can harm you and you don't know what to say or to do? You can be led by the Holy Spirit, and He will guide your words. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach, didasco, teach, provide instruction, you in that very hour, what you ought to say. I can't go in front of that. I can't go in front of that person. I can't go in front of that. You fill in the blank. I can't go in front of that pastor, that that heretical pastor. I can't go in front of that priest. I can't go in front of that Catholic. I can't go in front of that grandma, that uncle, that co-worker. Because I don't know what I'm going to say. How will I defend myself if they come after me? Don't worry about it. The Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And how does the Spirit teach us? He teaches us based on the Word of God that we've put into our hearts we put into our minds, we put into the body of Christ's mind, and the Spirit of God will bring that forth at the time it's necessary. You might even have people help you write in your articles or your letters. But don't worry about that. Don't worry about that on the front side. The Spirit will guide you, he'll teach you what to say in that hour. 
I don't want to make a big, huge deal out of it, but the reality is when Tamara's in the car with her mother, her mother can harm her. And she didn't, she didn't want to talk. And then when she did talk, she, she gives testimony. It came out just fine. I didn't know what I was going to say, but God gave me the words to say from the things I've been taught and the things that I know to be true. But if she says, oh, I don't have all the words, I'm going to just deny Jesus. I'm going to let my mom keep praying to the Blessed Mary, Virgin Mary, who has authority over Jesus, who can make Jesus do the things she wants him to do. I'm going to let that keep happening. Don't deny Jesus. Confess him. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Trust that you'll be led by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit guided Peter and the apostles when they were brought before the Sanhedrin. Paul, when he stood before Agrippa and Festus and Felix and probably Nero. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say when you're tempted to be a coward before men. Don't be anxious and keep that from you confessing Christ because you don't know what you're going to say. Trust in the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that you will then speak. I think, I hope, I believe many of us can can give testimony to having experienced this very thing. We've been faced with a difficult conversation, a difficult person, someone who could harm us, and, and we, we, were, we were just didn't, didn't think we could go forward, and we found ourselves in a situation, and, and then in a phenomenal, supernatural way, God gave us the words to say. It's not the same in, in, in one sense, but it, it, I think about when I met Pastor Nick the first time, it wasn't like he could harm me, but the guy who sent him was my partner at work, and, and he could harm me some, and and and... There was a reason he sent me, but, but it's, it's, I didn't really know what to say. The Spirit of God gave me the words. I don't even remember what I said. I honestly don't remember. But I know this. I, I went to that coffee house, and I wanted to confess Christ. I did not want to deny him. I did not want to fix a man's earthly problems. I wanted to confess Christ. That I know. How are we to combat the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy? We're to beware, we're to be bold, and we're to be, be bold, and we're to believe. We're to believe in the triune God. We're to fear God. We're to confess Jesus Christ. We're to trust in the Holy Spirit to guide us. Fear God, confess Christ, and trust in the Spirit to guide us. It's all right here in this passage. Verse 5, well, in the, verse 1, In the meantime, when so many thousands of people were gathered together, they were trampling one another, began to say to the disciples, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware of that leaven of hypocrisy, because by the way, it's all going to be uncovered. Nothing's going to stay hidden. If your life is different than your words, that's going to come out. Don't fear men, but I tell you whom to fear. Fear him who after he is killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Fear God. Verse 8, And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge before the angels. Confess Jesus. Verse 12, For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. Trust in the Holy Spirit for His leading. 
Again, these are really practical things we can actually remember when we go forward. Do you, do you, do you fight hypocrisy? Does that, does that leaven? I mean, it's so quick to come in. I know I do. It's so quick to come in, to, to say one thing, do another, act one way, do another, hard on others, easy on yourself, all the things. But what he's telling us here is here's how you're going to keep the leaven of hypocrisy out of your life. You're going to fear God. You're going to confess Christ. And you're going to trust in the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's how you're going to deal with hypocrisy. You're not going to try to hide it more, stay away from the people you don't want to talk to, that you're afraid of, and trust yourself for the best plan of attack. You're going to fear God, you're going to confess Jesus Christ, and you're going to trust in the Holy Spirit to guide you through that process. Hebrews 11:6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Forever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. We must believe that the triune God exists. We cannot please Him without faith. We have faith. We have faith that we no longer have to fear God. We have faith that Christ is Lord. We, we have faith that the Spirit will guide us because He indwells us. So, so we, we cannot please Him without faith because we do have faith. We draw near to God, believing that He exists. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and He rewards those who seek Him. And He rewards us for then interacting with the Pharisees of the world, the false gospels of the world. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There is only one God in three persons, God the Father, whom we fear, God the Son, Son, who we confess as Lord and Savior, and God the Holy Spirit, who we trust to empower us. Jesus said in Luke 10, the one who hears you hears me. The one who rejects you rejects me. Remember, don't fear men. Watch how they reject me. Look how you've heard me. Some will hear you, some will reject you. The one who rejects rejects me, Jesus says, rejects him who sent me. Jesus was sent by his Father God in heaven, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you reject him, you reject God. 1 John 2, 23, no one denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. 2 Corinthians 3, 4. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Here's the confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. What's the new covenant? Christ has done it all. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. God the Father saves and sanctifies us via God the Son by the power of God the Holy Spirit. That's how we combat hypocrisy. How do we avoid that disaster? The disaster of being a hypocrite. These Pharisees, these scribes, these Sadducees, Herod, they're hypocrites. And what was their end? Their end was damnation. How do we avoid 
this disaster. We fear God as the holy, sovereign judge of all. We honor Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we believe in the Holy Spirit as the revealer of truth and the giver of life. That's how we don't be hypocrites. That's how we don't be liberalists. That's how we don't be secularists. Closing thought. Beware of hypocrites and hypocrisy. Be bold concerning Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus the Lord. Believe in the triune God. Fear God. Confess Jesus. And trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't imagine a more practical passage to give us guidance. Fear God. Confess Jesus. And trust in the power of the Holy Spirit to lead you. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the example that Christ gives us and how he lives. We thank you for the words that he speaks. Thank you for the for the, the the compilation of the lives of the apostles and of disciples that stood strong confessing the name of Christ, that feared you, so they knew they no longer had to fear you. They trusted in the power of the Holy Spirit to guide them. Father, thank you for their example. I pray that we would be we would be, we would be where we would be bold and we would believe in you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and sing hymn 141. Lift high the name of Jesus. Lift high the name of Jesus, hymn 141. <clears throat>